Hey guys, welcome back to Now What? Tonight we are here with Annabelle Amschwand, who is an au pair in France, one of my good friends from Colorado. So, Annie, <laughs> welcome on. I'm so glad you could get on the phone with us today. I know. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Why don't you tell us a bit about where you are right now and what you're doing there? So, um, like Giselle said, I'm working as an au pair in France. I find that I run into a lot of people who don't really know what being an au pair means. It's sort of how I describe it is being like a live-in nanny with a family. So I'm living with a French family in France and I take care of their children. It's about a 25 hour per week job is what the legal limit is. So 25 hours per week, I pitch in and I help out with the kids and then also household tasks. Um, so they give me room and board so I don't have to pay rent and they also provide food for me. And then they also give me some pocket money each month. So that's basically what I'm doing. I'm living with this family, helping them out, working with them, and then um, also exploring France, making friends, doing things like that in my free time. Yes, yes. I love it. Where in France are you right now? It's a smaller town, uh, right? Yeah, so it's, if, if you know French geography, I'm about an hour outside of Lyon, which is sort of in the French Alps region. I'm more in the Alps. So if you think Annecy, Grenoble, I'm kind of like a directly. So Lyon, Annecy, Grenoble, I'm right in the middle right there. Right it's a little tiny town. It's called Le Bourget du Lac. Oh, okay. I love that accent. Yeah. Very yeah. Yeah. Well, what inspired you to do this? What got you out of Colorado? What inspired me was the fear of like not knowing what I was doing with my life, I think is what got me going. Really? That's like, such a beautiful was that fear because I, this time last year, January, I guess, of this year, I was facing my senior year of college. I'm like, oh crap, like I'm about to graduate, enter the, the workforce, become an adult. I had no idea what I was doing. I had minored in French uh, language in college. And so I sort of thought, I feel like I know French, but I feel like I don't really know French. So part of me was like, let's really improve that and like work on my French one year. And also I wanted to travel. So I met a girl who had done something similar to this in France and she told me all about it. And I sort of looked into it, not very seriously. And then it sort of ballooned into something that was like, oh, this is actually an option. I can actually do this. And then before I knew it, I was on a plane to France. So oh my God. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't like intentional. I didn't think about it for years. It just sort of was a thought. And then it just became like, oh, it could be an option. And then it was like, oh, it's actually kind of happening. And then it just started, it just started rolling and it went until I got here. It was manifested. Yeah, you really made that happen. I mean, I feel like that's such a big step that a lot of people talk about. Like, oh, take some time off, but it doesn't happen a lot of the time, especially like yeah. back, I don't know. I feel like when you're in a smaller town, like we were in Colorado, it's it's really hard to move from there. I feel like I don't know many people that have gotten out of yeah. Penny Loveland, Colorado. <laughs> yeah, I, I always say the same thing. Like, I think that it's very common that if you if you go to college there, you're going to stay after you graduate, I which I guess that. is the case yeah. wherever you go to college. It's pretty typical to stay and work where you went, but I, I loved, I loved, I went to Fort Collins, so I was in Fort Collins. I loved it there. But. Yeah, but you were ready, you were ready to get out. I'm so glad I did though, yeah. Yeah. 
once, as soon as I got out, I was like, oh crap, I was being suffocated there. Like I was, I felt like a breath of fresh air as soon as I. That's amazing. That's like starting a new life, honestly. Literally. (laughs) Yeah. Walk us through the steps you took to make the move happen from Colorado to France. It wasn't easy actually. And maybe me talking about it can help other people know what steps to take. I was sort of going blind. Um, and it's not an easy uh, process. Like it's not a straightforward process. I guess there's no just like to-do list that you have to go through. It's kind of like you figure it out as you go. So um, I thought about becoming an au pair in January, right? So I just did Googling after that, Googled, and I found a couple of good websites that were built for connecting host families to potential au pairs. Mm-hmm. And the one I eventually signed up for was called opairworld.com. And it's a free website. You create a profile, basically describing yourself, um, add some photos, fun facts, you know, sort of just like a profile about you. And yeah. then um, you can I kind of- I out that website. It was actually yeah. really cool. Yeah. Because it was yeah. like, the families look so friendly. I feel like they're very informative in their profiles, which I guess you would expect if you're yeah. going to be living with them. But just from like- hopping on for a second I was like oh okay this is yeah I mean I I literally just like you did Giselle I heard about it and I got on and checked it out and after a week or so I was like oh I should just make that profile and it was never anything serious in my mind but um really crazy yeah and then like you said they're the host families make their profile and you can read about them and sort of figure out what they are what they're looking for how many kids they have ages things like that and then you can do sort of messaging within the um, website. And then sort of from there, you take it off the website. At least that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, the families would usually be like, would you like to set up a video call? And then um, through a video call, you would chat more about specifics, sort of get to, get to know each other. It was like a job interview. But yeah. Nothing, it wasn't super intense. Like it was, it was more just like a casual interview talking about what the other was looking for out of an experience like this. And I think I did three of those. So I met with three different families. I know girls who did like 10 or 12 different families and girls who only met with one family and then they just went with that one family. So it's not really like a, a you know, a straight yeah. path to go down, but um, I would recommend talking to more than one family if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> Always go with the first family. And this this family I'm with now was the third family I talked to. Um, cool. What made you choose them? Huh? What made you choose that family? Good question. Um, I felt like my values and morals kind of lined up with them, if that made sense. Like they talked a lot about, I'm very interested in uh, the environment and climate change and things like that. They talked a lot about how they were trying to uh, be zero waste and lower their waste impact. And then just a lot of um, things about how they were active as a family and they wanted to include me in the family. I wasn't just going to be like a person living in their house. It was going to be a part of their family. And oh another big God. thing for me was that I would have my own space in the house. I have a separate studio, which I'm in right now. So oh I have my own kitchen, my own entrance, exit. Oh my gosh, that's so um, nice. Which is what I wanted, especially after I've been living independently for a couple of years before, right? Like I want to have my own space still. And there were other families I talked to that were offering me a room inside of the house, like right in the floor with the rest of the family, which I would have been able to do. It would have been fine. It just got what I was looking for. 
Yeah. So, and also the region. I really, it's like probably one of the most beautiful places in the world, I think. So yeah. I was like, yeah, I could, I think I could live there. <laughs> I guess I could do that. I guess, I'll, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll manage. So they all would have like a different location that you would be staying pretty much. The families? Yes. You were yeah, looking like you were able to do it all over the world. Yeah, on the website, you can sort of on your profile too, you can put like a, what do you call them? Parameters on what you're looking for. So like I was obviously looking for a French speaking family in France. So yeah. I put those in my parameters, but there's German families, Italian families, Spanish, uh, Australian, you know, UK, even American families that are looking for au pairs on there. So like, wow. What about yeah. the visa process? visa so like this is what happened so I found I started thinking about it in January mm-hmm. I decided on my family the last day of March I remember I gave myself I was like last day of March I was like you have to have a family committed like you have to be ready to go mm-hmm. and then I sort of focused on the rest of my senior year of college finished up I was still communicating with the family we were still like talking about what the plans were and then I remember I went out to visit Ia Giselle in New York at the end of May or middle of May. And I got back. And after I got back from that, I was like, okay, it's time to start looking into that. So I started about three months before I went to uh, France. And it's not a super easy process. You have to make sure you check all their tiny little boxes. And yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the visa pro- process stuff I found was in French. So like you have to... <laughs> You know? Yeah, that's like a daunting process to me. I can't even imagine doing that's it, the most stressful was, thing. And the thing. COVID did not make this any easier for me, but basically what it was is you submit an application online, mm-hmm. um, which has a bunch of documents, basically just like your birth information, like uh, residency information, documents, papers, you know, things proving you're a real person. And then you have to set up a meeting, an in-person meeting with one of the consulates. There are nine consulates in the United States and you have to go in person to one of them. If you're lucky enough to live like in Los Angeles or like New York or, you know, yeah, Chicago, you can go pretty much. It's pretty easy. But for me, I had to fly to Houston and it's honestly just where you can get a meeting. It doesn't really matter. I thought it mattered a lot and I was so nervous because I was like, oh crap, what if I booked the wrong place to go get my visa done and they yeah. turn me away? But they, they don't, they're not that strict, thankfully, but I had yeah. to fly. So I did like a 24 hour trip with my mom to Houston in the middle of July, I think it was, or beginning of July. And um, you have to go, you show up, they do like a biometric. So they like took my fingerprints and then they had like a, uh, like a photo they took a photo of me like uh, to document that <laughs> put on my whatever oh it was for my um actual visa that they put in my um <laughs> in my passport but yeah so they they have to have you there in person and then you also submit more paperwork there so I had to submit paperwork on like insurance so I had to buy myself health insurance for a year to come I had to bring documentation like identification of the family I was staying with um, wow. And then also proof of a contract with them. So I had to sign a contract. Um, and then just other things. I had to bring copies, like a photocopy of my passport, photocopies. They do have like a checklist to go through, but it's still just, I always felt like I was forgetting something. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so stressed out. I walked out of the visa meeting and I just like started crying outside because I was so 
overwhelmed by the whole process because they don't they're not like super friendly and nice about anything right they're just like trying to move through the line so I was just like so I felt horrible afterwards that would really like whenever I hear anyone discussing their visa process I've never heard of it being an easy one which I think is something that stops a lot of people from taking those steps and like working abroad going on some sort of study abroad like any of those sorts of things I remember feeling like I was like okay well if you know I could easily just give up like I felt like it would be fine to give up yeah I lied I said that I did that at the beginning of July but I did it in the end of July so like I moved out to France at the very end of August so I did it like one month before I moved okay but the thing is when you leave the visa place they take your passport so if she's a fan, you don't have your passport. You can't take your flights that you've already booked. Like, it's just so stressful. Wow. Yeah. Um, if the process is too slow, like, you're not going to get your, your passport back in time, even if you're approved. So That's thankfully, crazy. Thankfully, I think it took them about a week, a week and a half. And they, I got it in the mail. It was like uh, overnighted to me in the mail. Um, and I got it back and they put like, a, it's like a fancy little sticker in my passport that tells them that I'm, I specifically applied for an au pair visa, which is, I guess, important. Is okay. Au pair visa. And then. Um, I didn't know they had special types like that. Yeah, specific. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. But the thing was, when I was first looking to be an au pair, France was not accepting au pair visas. So I was all like, oh, this is never going to even happen. But they started accepting you at the beginning of, it was all because of COVID. And yeah. I think from now on, it's going to be fine. But like for a year or so, they weren't accepting au pair visas. So yeah, that hindered a lot of plans. Definitely. Yeah, I was a lot afraid that that was going to stop me. Yes, queen. Yes. Um, were your parents supportive of you going away and taking this? The, yeah, the most supportive I think they could have been. My parents were there with me the whole way. I would come down on the weekend sometimes just to talk to them about how the visa process was going. And like I said, my mom came with me to Houston. She flew with yeah. me and made sure we yeah, did our best to provide yeah everything. My parents were more than supportive. And I feel like if they hadn't have been so supportive, I would have probably given up. Not like that, but it was just like very overwhelming. And it was a lot to face alone. So they kept me moving and like me. Really- Incredible. They wanted yeah. me to do it. Yeah, they really did want me to do it. And they're very proud of me, I would say, <laughs> for actually doing it. That, I mean, according to them. <laughs> no, this is really huge that you're doing this. I mean, I think this is like, it's a life-changing experience, honestly. Yeah. But, and now that you're in France, how, so you studied, you minored in French. How has the language barrier been? Because that's a, impossible. That's a big uh, Not impossible. I won't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hard <laughs> like really hard and you studied I, yeah, like four years I, I, and I, I mean Giselle you and I went to high school together I did the four years with Mr. Garcia like yeah I did it all for I love that our friends French teacher Mr. Garcia like that I know <laughs> always so funny to explain to people and then um three years I did it in college which everybody always told me that like college level language learning is so intense and like it was intense and I did learn a lot but I showed up here and even now I've been here for almost three months still find myself lost a lot of the time it's so difficult they speak really quickly and yeah the family the family that I'm with the children do not speak English so I have to speak French with the children so I have to make that, I have to bridge the gap with them. So that's pushed me 
a lot to learn. And also the parents will probably speak with me in English maybe 10% of the time. Wow. Um, so it's, I'm, I'm, I'm tired at the end of the day. It's like French, French, French all day. Oh God. Um, did you expect that challenge or did you go into it thinking like, I studied I, this for all these years, I'll be fine. I was focused on so much more than the language just to get out here that like, that was the last thing. And then, yeah, the language, it was, I did think it was going to be easier. I underestimated it. And it's hard. It's a little bit isolating to be in a room with people having a conversation that you can't participate in, yeah. which I find my, even tonight, even tonight I was in the room having, they were all having a conversation and I just sat there silently. I, I follow the conversation, but I just can't I keep participate up. yet. So it's a little isolating. Yeah, it was hard to, but I'm definitely getting better and that's more than I could ask for. That's what I came here for, right? I mean, yeah. Speaking of feeling isolated though, that actually kind of leads into something I did want to ask you. What about meeting new people there? Because that's something that I feel like would hold a lot of people back. Like you're moving in with this family you don't know. How do you make friends? How have you been socializing? This was something I didn't think about. Um, I was definitely thinking more about the nature and the place I was moving to rather than the meeting of people. I just sort of assumed that would come. If that's what something, if that's something that's really worrying you and preventing you, move to a big city. Oh my God, it's so easy to meet people in a big city. I definitely chose a very small French city. I definitely have met other au pairs, but they live 20, 30, 40 minutes away from me, which is not an easy gap when you don't have a car, when you rely on public transport. Yeah. Um, so if that's something that's worrying someone, I would say big city. If you want to go to France, go to Lyon, go to Paris, go to, yeah. you know, Marseille or Nice or something like that you know a bigger city because that's the easiest thing to it's so easy to meet people in a big city you don't yeah that would make it much easier I can only imagine I mean the first the first month I was here I said I think I kind of just took it to acclimate myself I did not meet a lot of people I've I used Bumble BFF but that only worked I, I did meet one great girl from that um a British au pair who's working about an hour away from me She's been, yeah, she's great. And so we, I did meet one girl, but I sort of kept that first month to acclimate myself and just spend it with the family and work on the language and just figure out where, like find my footing a little bit over yeah. here. Um, and then I did, this is the weirdest part. I was looking for friends like desperately after that first month, like on Facebook, on Bumble BFF, like everywhere I could think that there might be messaging boards of like other au pairs. That's typically what I was looking for, other au pairs in the region. Um, and I randomly posted a TikTok making a joke about being an au pair or something. And some girl saw it and she was like, oh my God, I'm an au pair too. Like, whatever and we started messaging she ended up being like 20 30 minutes away from me yeah, and she's like my best friend out here now like we just oh, read from that oh she connected me with a whole group of awesome girls that all live really close by and we do stuff on the weekends now so it was literally by chance that I met her and like just the TikTok for you page like the TikTok algorithm you TikTok but, <laughs> um yeah that was that was kind of how I met my friends out here, but there's surprisingly a lot of young American girls who moved to the French Alps for a year. Huh. It's super fun. Like I Tennessee, Texas, California, Chicago, like we're from all over and we're just, we're meeting out here and it's so fun. 
we're definitely the crazy like American girls when we go to the club. It's fun. Oh my <laughs> God, I love it. <laughs> yes, Annie. I feel like it's so beautiful that you like utilized all of these like social media. Um, yeah, yeah I, like I had to. I didn't know how else to do it. The family kept encouraging me to join groups, like join a club. But to me, that felt foreign. Um, and also, yeah. I would definitely only be meeting mostly French speaking you know, natives in those clubs. And that really scared me too, just because of my level in the language. And I was, I just needed those people that I could go to. I could just speak English with. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, it's just um, something you need. So what is your schedule like as an au pair and what do you do on your days off, Annie? Yeah, <clears throat> like I, I think I said earlier, it's like 25 hours per week is what the contract is for. Yeah. <clears throat> My family's a bit, sorry, a bit up in the air right now. They had a baby a month after I got here. So oh things God. are still settling down after that. Um, <clears throat> when I got here though, we made a schedule and we talked through it and sort of planned it. We don't stick to that schedule like a hard, like it's not like a hard schedule. We do fluctuate and change depending on the day. And especially because of the baby, we change still, but Typically what I do is my responsibilities for the older children. They have a five-year-old girl and a seven-year-old boy. And sometimes I'll take them to school in the morning if the parents need help, which is usually like eight, eight fifteen, And the school is about a three minute drive or like a 15 minute walk if we walk it. And then I am typically free until the kids are done with school, unless the parents ask me to help out with the baby, which sometimes they do. And I'll do like a couple hours here and there where I just hang out with the baby. He's pretty easy right now. <laughs> he just needs to eat, get changed, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so occasionally, but that's not every day. And if not, I will study French or I am also taking an English teaching certific certification. Well, how does the word certificate? Certificate. Certificate. Yeah, I'm learning. It's a, yes. it's a course that will certify me to yes. be able to teach English in schools and things like that over here. So I'm working on that. If I, because I'm, I'm possibly thinking about staying another year. So I want to have yes. like to support me if I want to do that. So that's what I'm working on. Also, that and is I so just cool. enjoy the area. I like to go for walks. Um, I like to read, and I like to, you know. I'm just, I mean, it's, it's kind of, it. I'm having to learn to be by myself a lot, which is fine. Like, I think, oh I my need, gosh, yeah. Um, probably I don't so much so. Usually during the week, it's too hard for us to all travel and take public transport to get there to see each other during the week. Um, so yeah, I usually yeah. only see them on my days off. And as an au pair, you are guaranteed one day off a week. Um, but I typically have two. I have Saturday to Sunday. But I know some au pairs who are scheduled to work on Saturdays. So it's not it's not a guaranteed weekend off thing. It's just like as your family wants to schedule your hours yeah. with them. Like so as you guys contract. Pick, yeah. And then in the week, I pick up the kids from school and we do two, three hours together. Um, working on English sometimes, just playing. And then I cook dinner two nights a week with the family. And that's kind of my I like I do the laundry too for the whole family which nice. is one of my other, so I do that on Mondays and it it's not it's not hard like I'm usually just doing like the work on my computer so it takes me like 20 minutes to just walk out and come back that is oh. so nice I really can't get past your living situation there like I that is so convenient that you have your own place one more question. <laughs> yeah yeah no. um 
So with you spending so much time by yourself, you're saying that you like learned a lot. What have you learned? Mostly that it's okay for me to be alone. I think I've always sort of thought that I had to have people around me to be happy. And that if I wasn't constantly, I don't know, with people or with friends that I was failing somehow. As a young person, I feel like it's expected of you to be social and like definitely go out and do things all the time. And especially that I'm living in France, I feel like it took me a while to be okay with the fact that I wasn't doing something crazy every day. I'm like, oh, you're missing out. You're you only have so much time. Like you really need to take advantage of it. Seize the day. Um, But I've had to learn that like it's okay to just have normal days here and like live normally yeah Yeah. but yeah I've learned just like how to be okay alone and do what pleases me not not what is like serving others around me because I feel like I'm I am a people pleaser so like I've never taken that time to just like what do I want to do with my day what do I I love that I think it's really important to learn too and you're pushing the boundaries like within yourself too which is like a beautiful thing when you have all that time Yeah, I'm learning as much about myself as I am about this country and like the language. Yeah. So what other things do you think you've seen sort of shift within yourself? Because you and I had a conversation last week where you were saying how you feel like a different person than you did when you were in Colorado. Do you think that kind of extends past or in any ways, do you see that extending past learning how to be alone? Like, what do you think has shifted within yourself really? I feel a lot more spontaneous. Yes, I love that. So much more willing to just do things, do things that I think I wouldn't, pre-France life, I don't think I would have ever done. Like going to meet random people that I've never met before. Like I'll just, and taking public transport, I never did that before. (laughs) And I I was from Colorado, so like, no, there's no public transport. No one does that there. Jumping on a bus, going to the city over and going to the bars with people I've never met. Like that wouldn't be something I would have ever done before. But I'm doing that stuff now, not partially because I was like desperate for interaction at some point. (laughs) It's pushed me to be a much more spontaneous person and like, I have met so many amazing people because of it. I love that. Just like learning not how to let my anxiety like hold me back from beautiful experiences and meeting people. Gorgeous. Yes. What do you say are like some con? if you could make a pros and cons list, say about doing this move, what would you say are some cons just for people to look out for, just be aware of where they do it. I often run into the issue of feeling isolated. So I've wished upon a star a few times that I picked a bigger city. Really? That would be a con for me sometimes is that I picked a city where, I mean, I see the au pairs who live in Lyon or just Paris and they can just walk out their front door and go find things to do every single day. For me, it's a bit more of a, a move to 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 get anywhere and to do things with people so that's one of the cons and then um trying to think yeah I mean yeah the only thing is really that I maybe wish that I moved to a place where it's a bit more accessible um yeah Yeah. interesting I get that just when I because I don't have I can drive I can drive the family car but is the family car 
I know yeah. some au pairs, their family gives them a car to use while they're here. That would be um, so nice. I know. It's, 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 it just solely depends on the family. Like your experience depends totally. on the family. So I, yeah, it, it just, but I, I mean, I love the family just because they're not the car for me is fine. Like, <laughs> like really? No car? <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, oh, my own studio, but no car. Thanks, guys. No. Oh, it sucks. Um, <laughs> it's just the worst. And also no. it's, I mean, I think I guess it's a good warning is you're not moving here for the paycheck. Like yeah. you do get pocket money, yeah, yeah. which is nice. You're, I feel like I'm getting paid in like experiences and like life lessons and getting to know myself and way more than I getting so paid with cash. So that's just yeah. what I'm talking about too. It's not like you're getting the big bucks to to pick up kids from school every day. <laughs> and that yeah. also like creates a disconnection almost of like you don't need all this money to be doing these things and having fun you know it's kind of refreshing to like I put my life in a suitcase came somewhere I didn't know anyone you know I'm not looking to make money I'm just looking I have only my like only what's in my suitcase and myself and no money and I just have to figure it out yeah yeah I mean seriously props to you for doing this because it's like the amount of people you hear that are like, oh, I just want to put everything in a suitcase and move to a country where no one knows my name. Like you actually did it. <laughs> you, you didn't just talk about it. I, mean, you, I wake up in the night sometimes. I'm like, is that me? Did I do that? No, I cannot even imagine. It's like a surreal feeling. It does. Um, I do catch myself sometimes. Like, what do you think your next step is then? So you're there for a year. You were saying that you're thinking about extending it and being able to teach English I mean, there. I've already, I've already been here almost three months. I don't know how people do just like a semester abroad because I feel like this would be like me wrapping up my semester abroad. I'm just getting comfortable out here. Yeah. And I feel just like started. next year, I'm just going to be starting. I'm really yeah. just going to be starting here. And yeah. so, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people. They say two years is probably a good decision too. Yeah. You can extend au pair contracts and visas to for two years, but I don't think that I'll stay in au pair. I feel okay. like I'll get what I'll need out of the experience in one year. And what I'm looking and for is to make myself to the French culture, French language, and the family's doing a great job of doing that. So I think by yeah. the end of the year, I'll feel a lot more comfortable sort of entering French society. Or I'm not sure if I'll stay in France. I've been to Brussels this past weekend and I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I loved it. So there's a chance I could end up somewhere else. Just depends. I haven't completely started looking into all of that. I am taking that course to sort of prepare myself for if I wanted to do like an English teaching assistant job. Things you can do. You can like work in a school mm-hmm. assisting English classes. That's cool. As a native speaker, oh. so that's an option for me, and I could do that in basically any city. So. Yeah. that's really cool it's like extended into just like in your life yeah you thought it was a year who knows how long it's gonna be uh, yeah I think I knew like a month or two like by the second month I was definitely like I care a year obviously there's days where I'm like I would give anything to be at home right now and be with my family and my friends and my cat which was the hardest thing to leave behind my cat <laughs> um, but Gosh, yeah I feel I'd that way most of the time I'm pretty like ready to stay out here um yeah 
everybody tells me that too. They're like, I knew when you left that you weren't going to come back. And I was like, why didn't you tell me? Because nobody let me know before I got out here. And you're really also like creating your ideal life is what this like whole podcast is really like about. Like you took an idea that seemed so beautiful to you and you made it happen, honestly. And you're continuing your vision for yourself of like things you're interested in. And especially being with the family who supports your ideals and values, like um, the sustainability. I feel like that's also a really beautiful thing too. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. It all worked out. I would say, yeah, the most important decision is the family. If you end up in a place that's maybe a bit more isolated, as long as as you got the family, because there are horror stories about au pairs who have had horrible families. (laughs) Yeah. It's much more important that you find a good family, like a good fit for you and the family. I was actually because you are living with them. Like I spend every day with this family. That's a really scary thing because it's like they're getting all of your time. Like it's literally your new family. I was actually talking about the entire concept of being an au pair in a foreign country with one of my friends here the other day. And she was saying how she's on the au pair hate side of TikTok or something, where she's like, so many girls are sharing their horror stories. She's, she was saying how she was really interested in the idea. And then she was just scared off by all those horror stories. Like the, how the you- week before I moved out, I somehow ended up on au pair hate side of TikTok. Oh my gosh, the I was before. having panic attacks. I was like, oh my God, is there anyone who had a good experience? <laughs> so how do you, aside from talking to a bunch of families do you have any other tips that you might have on how to kind of avoid ending up in a situation you might not like you also might not have any tips that's totally fine I just thought um I would say figure out what you're comfortable with yeah like I had to ask myself the questions as I was looking like am I comfortable living in a room right next to the family like upstairs with the family sharing a bathroom with the family am I comfortable with that level of intimacy or like closeness would that be yeah. too much for me or um am I comfortable at your boundary some, family, some families I know au pairs that have come out here they don't speak any French so their families speak English with them that's cool so, that you can have those adjustments made as well like yeah you can try and find a family that is going to cater to more English speaking yeah um, that's to be fair, I think if you're coming to France, you should probably try to learn some French, but yeah, <laughs> maybe you don't have to. That's the thing is you don't have to, don't let the language stop you. Yeah. Um, but I think it's asking yourself those questions and then figuring it out because if you don't know, then you're going to make the wrong decision for yourself. So what about your dating life, Annie? Because that is oh, another thing to know. The tea. <laughs> Spill the tea, Annie. Tell us how I, you navigated this. Yeah, I guess I should start. I got out of a very serious long-term relationship right when I got here. That wasn't my plan when I got here. I had it in my mind to try and make long distance work, but I think as I got here, I kind of knew that this year had to be for me and I had to really be on my own to fulfill those, you know, goals. Yeah. Have a experience. A hard decision to make. I had to overcome that and then took some time, really focused on myself for a while. And then as I started to have more fun, as I met actual people to be friends with out here, I was like, okay, maybe I'll dip my toe in, just see what's going on. But yeah, I, I mean, I use, I've used Tinder and Bumble. They exist. They're thriving out here. <laughs> okay. um, 
And I've always put in my, I, I can converse in French if somebody wants to, it's not good, but I always put <laughs> in the vow, I'm like, I speak English, I can maybe get by in French. Like, yeah, that helps me find guys that want to communicate in French. Oh, um, and and in, sorry, I mean, yeah, commu- communicate in English mostly, but also French. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of really cute guys who love to go hiking out here. So, <laughs> and you love hiking. I do like to hike, but um, I've met, yeah, a lot of great guys, actually. I've been on a few dates, and then I went to Brussels this last weekend, and I was just like, for the hell of it, I was like, I'm going to find a guy out here and just have a good time. So I did. I just spontaneous lifestyle. Yeah, I just, the thing was this trip, I was brought along to work. So I didn't have to pay to go, but the family had me work a couple nights. So I had to be on call. Like I wasn't just in Brussels having a crazy time. Like I was working. So I had to, to be present for that. But yeah, I met this guy and it was the most amazing way I've ever experienced a city. Like from a local's point of view, just took me around, took me to crazy house parties and like meeting wow. all these cool European people. And um these experiences are just so cool because it's like you are going to look back at these moments for the rest of your life which I'm sure you already know but it's like that's just like the stories you're getting from just making this move and being an au pair it's so crazy like your date stories that you told me I'm like wow (laughs) I mean I think I'm just being in the dating pool again is something that I haven't experienced since I was like 16. So yeah, I'm a new person. I'm just learning what I like in people again. And like, yeah, it's just as much of a learning experience as like learning a language, like dating. So you find more as much about yourself. And in a foreign country, it's it's a foreign experience. I have a question. Yeah. So when you're dating, somebody who's like foreign and you almost feel like you don't have like too much connection with them before you're going on this date. Like what have you noticed with dating somebody who's like completely different, honestly, like completely different. Like what have you learned from that? I mean, what's hard is if you show up and the language barriers in the way, like that is really difficult to overcome no matter what you want to do what I find is especially most most young people out here have a good uh, amount of English like they are fairly fairly fluent in English but I just say like conversation has gotten me so far with people like one guy took me out to play pool we didn't play we played pool but we didn't play pool we talked about everything like we talked about the differences between America and France like that is honestly one of the funniest conversations you can have with anybody. Like I always bring it up. We all, every day I'm on, I'm just like, tell me what you think about America. And then we just kind of go from there. So like not seeing your differences as dividers, but as something to connect you to like make comparisons with. I Um, honestly didn't even think about how much conversation that would give you. Like I would love to hear anybody. Yeah. It's so fun to just be like, okay, what's your stereotype of me? (laughs) <laughs> and then, uh, and then we talk about it forever. Ugh, um, that is so fun. I find that I've changed how I interact with new people too. I used to feel like I was very quiet and shy and reserved at the beginning, but now I feel like I'm much more outgoing with people. It's almost I, as if I'm like, I'm reinventing myself a little bit. I'm much more spontaneous and outgoing since that, since I've gotten here. 
I love that. I was actually just speaking with someone yesterday about their experience going to work abroad for like a summer. And they said the exact same thing. They were like, the biggest shift that I saw within myself was that I became more social, more spontaneous. And so I feel like that in itself, like if you have the opportunity to do this, why not? I mean, like who doesn't want that kind of life change? That's so cool. And if you ever come back to America whatever <laughs> yeah what changes do you think you're going to like implement into your everyday life from being over there for a while I like that question yeah I think I'm just going to enjoy my life a lot more I feel like for a long time I was stuck in the same place same city same friends everything was just very mundane and boring to me And I feel like now I'm not going to let life pass me by as much. Like I'm going to be so much more outgoing and like life in the U.S. seems so easy now. Like everything out here is hard. Like going to the grocery store is fucking hard. Like I can't understand (laughs) anything. I don't understand the social cues that you have to give people to ask a question. Like it's very complicated and like, yeah, I just can't you know, just simple things are hard out here is what I'm trying to say. So like, I'm going to appreciate being comfortable in a place again, if I'm ever back in the U.S. Yeah, um, but also put yourself where I stand, but also like not letting it, not, not letting myself get too comfortable ever again. I don't think I'll ever get so comfortable that I'm, you know, just like, you know, sleepwalking through life. Like, I feel like I was sleepwalking before I came out here and now I'm like awake and I'm like, all right, I'm never going back to sleep. (laughs) I, that is such a great way of putting it. I really love that. Yeah. Annie, this is so, (laughs) I was saying this last time, but it's such an inspiring topic to speak on. I really hope that people take these kinds of tips that you're giving and run with it because that's like the biggest thing I've always loved the idea of moving abroad and going for work and all these things but it's like the visa process socializing language barriers like there's so many things that get in the way that are really daunting tasks to face and you know seeing someone who has done it sort of like you I, I feel like it's scary to do it with no one to watch before you and you just like went and did it so hopefully people can look at this and take some tips yeah so I think I think yeah it's given me more than I could ever imagined I'm not even I'm just getting started so literally you're I can't believe it just the fact that you're there on a one-year contract right now and you're three months in so that's what's nice as well is you if you're not vibing with it if you're not going getting with the living in abroad you are on a contract you do come home like yeah but there will be a day to stay out there and you're not like stuck in contracts like leases and you haven't bought all this furniture and like settled into a yeah. life you do just get to pack a suitcase of it. yeah that's what most girls here are doing they are just doing that one year and then they're gonna head home and I know that they're gonna learn just as much as I am but I just can't I just don't see that for myself I just don't see myself coming home yeah and yeah. honestly knowing you I feel like this just seems like a lifestyle that suits you so well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I I do feel like a new person, but I'm very happy with the person that I am now. Oh, Oh. I love that. This is so, I love how you also said that you're like, felt like you were sleepwalking before and you like say that and feel like you're just moving in the right direction too. Yeah. I feel like that in itself should be inspiration for people. I mean, (laughs) 
that's like that was a very powerful statement saying that you don't want to go back to sleep again I feel like that's such a cool way of looking at it yeah it's how I feel it's really how I feel I'm sure Annie would like to like would like to help anybody out too if they're interested in oh my god yeah if anybody's interested I'm totally there to like if you want to like call me I'll tell you everything in much more detail do you want to say your Instagram or whatever you feel comfortable maybe giving info yeah, I mean, yeah. Instagram is my full name which is kind of a mouthful and I'll put it in the bio yeah yeah you'll pop it in there okay yeah my Instagram <laughs> is I guess how to spell it yeah <laughs> um that's usually the best way I am I uh, I'm I'm on Instagram that's the best way to get in contact Perfect. with me I will definitely put that. But in. one thing that was nice for me is I did one of the families I called on my way when I was looking for families. They introduced me to their uh, their actual au pair at the time, and she oh. did call me and talk to me, and she told me all these things. I didn't really touch on this, but like the homesickness of it all, she mm-hmm. talked me through that and made me prepared for all of that. So if somebody's interested, even wants to just talk about it, I could talk for hours. <laughs> I love it. That's I'm hoping that helps a lot of people take that step because it seemed like such a pipe dream, but now I'm living in France. So I don't know how this happened, but it, it's possible. It, it's fucking possible. If anything, like, I really can't believe it. Like I, I can, because as I was saying, it was so, it's so you to make this move. It just like, especially now seeing you there, but like before you've always seemed like someone who this would just fit so well, but like, yeah I don't know I just I'm so happy that you made this move honestly I'm so happy too for you (laughs) well Annie thank you so much for coming on and talking about becoming an au pair with us and the entire concept of moving abroad I hope a lot of people can just find a bit of guidance in this and just use it to follow their steps (laughs) because this is a really important Annie's your traveling BFF everybody yeah this is the girl (laughs) to talk to if anyone needs any advice I will tag her Instagram below but yeah thanks again Annie I really thank you Annie yeah we really appreciate (laughs) you on